Hey friends, Pastor JF here. I wanna say a huge thank you for joining us today on this virtual platform. And I also wanna say Happy Easter. I so hope you're spending time with those you love. But even if you're alone, maybe you're in between shifts at work, however you're watching, it just means so much to me that you take time to tune in today on Resurrection Sunday, Easter. I'm so excited. And listen, I don't know, maybe you're like me and my kids. You're already hopped up on yellow peeps, chocolate Easter bunnies. Maybe you're, dra you're draped in your finest seersucker outfit. That's okay. Just don't forget what today's really all about. Today on this Easter, for the believer, for the Jesus follower, it's all about the simple fact that the Son of God, Jesus Christ, died for us over 2,000 years ago, was buried in a tomb, and three days later, resurrected from the dead. And you know, because of that, you and I can find new life in Him. But what I really want you to know today on this Easter Sunday is that wherever you are in your spiritual journey, whatever you've decided to believe or not to believe, or whatever you're wrestling with in terms of God, religion, faith, maybe even in the middle of the confusion, I want you to know how glad I am that you're hanging out with me right now. You're welcome just the way you are. You have permission to ask questions because here's what I want you to know. We're all on a journey and sometimes Knowing, right? Like, like knowing what to believe can be tricky. I was even reminiscing this week. Uh, when I was a kid, I remember my big cousins who I looked up to. I idolized them. They were like everything. In my, they, were, they were larger than life. They used to tell me that monsters lived under my bed. And if I got up in the middle of the night and, and put my feet down on the ground, they'd reach out and grab my ankles and pull me underneath the bed. And you already know where this is going. So in the middle of the night, I'd, I'd quietly, you know, I'd stealth mode. I'd crawl to the end of my little twin size bed and I'd jump off the edge and, and you know, like army style, like barrel roll to my bedroom door. And you know, what? I, I, I did this for years. And so I tell this to my friends at school, and they laugh and say, Jay, come on, man. There's no monsters under your bed. You're big cousins. They're just razzing you. They're just playing with you. And I'd always say, no, no, no. You guys are nuts. My cousins wouldn't do that. You see, I believe them. And now, that was 30 years ago, and even last night, you know, I, I, I did that. Well, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But, you know, sometimes I think about that, but... Here's the thing, Some, sometimes the stuff we've chosen to believe is just a straight lie. None of that was true, but for so long, I just believed it. Does anybody remember that show Mythbusters on Discovery Channel? I, I, I know, I, I used to watch it quite often, you know, the guy with the green beret and the kind of the beard thing going on. And today I kind of want to play myth, Mythbusters with you because some of you watching perhaps believe some things about God that are simply just myths. Here, here's the thing. Some of you have chosen to believe God is something that he really isn't. So today, for just a couple of minutes, on this Easter Sunday, before the Easter egg hunt, I just wanna share with you three myths or lies 
that I know a lot of you have taken as truth. And I want you to leave knowing the truth of what the Bible says about these. Even here, listen, even if you aren't fully ready to believe it, all right? So if you're taking notes, and I hope you are, quickly, here, here's the first lie that I want you to write down and consider, and that is, number one, Jesus came to make bad people good. Think about that. You know, I'm, I'm a Tacoma boy, born and raised in any of y'all out there. I grew up in the church. Not just did I grow up in the church, my grandfather was the pastor of our local church that I grew up in. And, you know, my grandfather was my hero, but he was also at times my disciplinarian. Anyone like that out there? And I remember this one Sunday evening. Yes, you heard me right. We went to church Sunday morning and Sunday evening. And when, I mean, it felt like I was always there. And so here we are that Sunday night. We're there in the service. And I don't know, I'm probably 10, 11. And, I'm, and I was sitting up in the balcony, which as a kid, that was like off limits. But I was up there and I was with some other of my church buddies. And, and let's be honest, we were kind of goofing around. And, and my grandfather was in the middle of his sermon. And it was one of those things where I could... Like I could feel his eyes on me, but he wasn't looking directly. I just, you know what I'm talking about? Like I felt him, right? And I mean, you know what I'm talking about. And, and I'll never forget right in mid-sentence, he stopped his sermon, looked over the crowd and up at me in the balcony and said, son, you're either going to be good in church or I'll help you be good. Like right in the middle of his sermon, I was like, oh, and I knew I was going to get it when I got home, you know? And here's the thing, there's so many people out there that believe God is doing that. That God, he, he's looking out into the crowd to see if you're misbehaving. He's looking to catch you, to lay the smack down and to try to make you be good. But that, my friend, is simply a lie. It's a myth. Listen, Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. So the lie, Jesus came to make bad people good, write this next to it. The truth, Jesus came to make dead people alive. Every place inside of you that's dead, he wants to make alive again. And I'm so grateful for the scriptures, specifically Romans chapter 8. What a powerful chapter in the New Testament written by Paul. This is what it says. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. So you say, Jeff, what, 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 what does that mean? What's that all about? Here, here, here's what it means. It means that the resurrection power of Jesus is available to you to bring you from the life that you're currently living to the life that you know deep down inside you could be living. It's a powerful thing. That same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, you have access to. I want to share a story from the Bible about a man who understood this very clearly. And the account is found in Mark, one of the four Gospels. Mark chapter 5, turn with me to verse 21. This is what it says. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. 
Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Think about that. Please come, Jesus. Please come, put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went, he went with them. Now, scripture goes on to say that on their way, a woman who's sick herself pushes her way through the crowd and and simply touched Jesus' coat. And, and, and when she does this, she, Scripture says that she's immediately healed. So not only does this woman distract them and delay them from going to heal Jairus' daughter, she gets healed the second she touches Jesus. And now look what happens next. Go back to the text, and let's look at verse 33. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. Verse 34, he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Underline that. Then he said, go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Now think about that. What? Wait a second. Like, can you imagine how Jairus must have felt in that moment? This, this woman delays them. She gets healed. And because of it, his daughter is now dead. I mean, I, I, I'm a father of a daughter. I mean, I, I, I can't help but wonder if Jairus struggled in this moment with this next lie. Here, here's the second lie, the next myth. Write this down. Here it is. Jesus' power is only for certain people. There's often this misconception that the Bible is full of only extraordinary people, special people that you can't relate to, and that only special or certain people get the resurrection power in their lives. I've seen people fall into that trap so often. I can't relate to them. You know, a couple years ago, my wife Ashley was out of town on ministry, and, and so I was on dad watch for a few days, which is, I don't know, which is always dangerous. And, you know, part of my to-do list was to take my daughter Israel to Costco to pick up her glasses. Ah! So we get there, and it seemed like all of Tacoma was there picking up their glasses as well. You know how Costco is. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. And so, so we make our way to the front, people everywhere, and I get in what seems to be a line. So, so we're standing there in line, and, and, and the guy behind the counter shouts, Next! And to my amazement, someone from behind me walks around me and goes to the front. And, and I was like, what's that all about? Is he some special card holder or something? Is there a group that I didn't know about? And a, a minute later, this, the, the same thing happens again. And I'm like, what is going on here? here? Here I am in line and everyone's cutting me. So I lean over to the guy next to me and I said, man, we keep getting looked over, bro. Looks like only certain people, special people, they got some kind of card 
They, they seem to be getting served. How is this happening? And I'll never forget this. <laughs> he looked at me and said, well, did you take a number? <laughs> I mean, uh, and, and like in that moment, I was just like, oh, oh there's a system here. Oh. Here, listen. I somehow convinced myself that only certain people get service at the Costco optical stand. Not true. Everybody, everybody gets served. Here's a second, that second lie. Jesus' power is only for certain special people. And the truth is, write this down, Jesus' power is for everyone that believes. Everyone that believes has access to Jesus and his power. John 11, 25, it says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Meaning, even though your physical bodies might be dying, Jesus says here, I can and I will breathe back into every aspect of who you are. Are, and his new life for you includes power. I'm talking about strength. Now, maybe you're saying right now, hold up, JF. No way. No, 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 no. Like, like if you knew me, you'd agree I'm disqualified. Oh, really? You're disqualified? Well, why don't you go ahead and tell that to the Apostle Paul, who was an actual terrorist, who murdered Jesus' followers, Scripture is very clear that he's radically transformed on the road to Damascus by the power of Jesus. And he gets so fired up, he begins to plant churches. Like, like think about that. Terrorist to church planter. There's hope for you. And look what he writes to this church in, Ephesians, in, in Ephesus, Ephesians 1, starting in verse 19. He says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. So let's go back to the top, that first slide. Jesus came to make bad people good. No, the truth is Jesus came to make dead people alive. Here's a second lie, that second myth, Mythbusters. Jesus' power is only for certain special people. No, the truth is Jesus' power is for everyone that believes and scripture just confirmed that. Here, here, here's the last lie. Number three, here it is. It is too late for you. It's too late for you. Let's go back to Mark chapter five. Jairus, is, Jairus has just gotten the news that his daughter has died. And, and how many of you know that most of us would consider that too late? But not Jesus, not Jesus. Mark chapter five, let's go to verse 36. Here's what it says. Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. Don't be afraid, just believe. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. You, you can only imagine. He went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. They go from wailing, commotion. Jesus makes a statement, and, and now, they're, now they're laughing. Hey, may, maybe you've had others laugh and speak that over you. It, it, it's too late for you. There's too much ruin, too much damage. You're too addicted, too much death, too much 
of those things, your life can't be resurrected, but Jesus has a different message for you. Look at what he says, back to Mark 5, verse 40. It says, the crowd laughed at him, but he made them all leave. Listen, some of y'all just need to push some people out of your life. And he took, he, he made them all leave, and he took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. Holding her hand, he said to her, Talitha Ka'um, which means, little girl, get up. And the girl who was 12 years old immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. You know, in the original language, what he called the little girl was a term of endearment that could be translated to my lamb, my sheep, get up, rise up, let me resurrect you. So that lie, that third and last one, it's too late for you. Actually, the truth is his salvation and resurrecting power is extended to you right now. He's extending his hands to you. Rise, my precious lamb. Take my hand. Let me resurrect those dead things in your life right now. That's what you have access to today, my friend. You know, most of you can remember a few years ago turning on the TV and watching the famed Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris, France, burning to the ground. This beloved international monument literally being destroyed right in front of us. And we all remember listening and watching those firefighters. They, they, they tried to respond as quickly as they could, but they were what? They were too late. And in that moment, we all felt that. I mean, I was, I was just like, I was like so upset. But here's what's so compelling about that tragic event. Listen, because people understood the treasure and the value of the Notre Dame Cathedral, what it, what it meant to the world, within three days of its ruin and destruction, over $1 billion was given for its total restoration and rebuilding, more than what was needed to restore it. Listen, don't miss this. Because they understood its value, they paid the price to see it restored before the process even began. Now here's what I want you to know as we relate that illustration to right now. My friend, over 2,000 years ago, there was a Savior who understood your value. And far before you were ever even willing to allow him into your life, far before you could trust him, he was willing to pay the price for your life, for your restoration, for your rebuilding. Far before the process had begun, he was willing to pay the price. The question is, if you will believe in him, that is what he calls us to. So all the way back to the top, the lie, Jesus came to make bad people good. No, the truth is Jesus came to make dead people alive. That second myth, myth busters, the lie, Jesus' power is only for certain special people. No, the truth is Jesus' power is for everyone that believes. And that third one, the myth, the lie, don't take it. And that is, it's too late for you. You're too screwed up. 
He'll never be different and changed. No, no, no. The truth is his salvation and resurrecting power is extended to you right now. Right now. Listen, before we close, before we get to our Easter egg hunts and our baked hams, I just want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Maybe you're watching and you say, JF, I'm in a dark place. In, in many ways, I feel so dead on the inside. I feel, I feel dirty. I'm so ashamed of the things I've done. I, I can't kick this addiction. I'm in and out of relationships. I'm, I'm not good at getting close to people. I, I've gone through so many troubles, terrible things in my life that I, it's hard for me to even talk about. I've been hurt. I've been betrayed, abused, taken advantage of. I just feel hopeless. I want you to know, my friend, you're in good company. I can, re- I can relate to many of those feelings as well. And you know, Jesus never said that by following him, all of your troubles would magically go away, but rather when you face them, he'd be there with you. You say, JF, pray for me, I want that. I wanna accept Jesus into my life on this, on this Easter. I, I wanna be spiritually brought back to life. I wanna be resurrected. I wanna say yes to Jesus. Let's do that right now. Let's pray. Wherever you're at, wherever you're watching from, maybe you're alone. Maybe you're hungover. Maybe you feel so broken and you don't know where to turn. Maybe you've lost everything. Or maybe you're sitting with your family, and but there's something missing there. The world might say that you've got everything, but inside you still feel empty. I don't care. Wherever you fall on the spectrum, Let's pray right now. Lord God, I take a moment and I pray for my friend that's watching right now, wherever they're at. God, I thank you that you are with them. You know every detail about them. You care about them. This whole week, this weekend, today was all about you coming to this broken, hurting world to heal, to set us free. God, I thank you that you've done that in my own life. I thank you that even when I face trouble, which I face all kinds of trouble, that you're with me, Holy Spirit, and you you provide something that, that the world just can't, that relationships just can't, that chemicals just can't. Lord God, I thank you that you provide an an inward filling of your spirit that brings peace and healing and direction and comfort. God, I pray that for my friend right now. If if you were one of those people, you said, JF, pray for me on this Easter. I want to say yes to Jesus. I want you to do that right now. Just in your own words, say something like this. Jesus, come into my life. I I believe in you. I, I accept you. Lord, you know of all the mistakes. You know about the hurt, the pain, the problems, the brokenness. God, come in and begin the restoration process. I receive you. I believe in you. I believe that you're the son of God, that you died on the cross for my sins, and that today, man, Easter, the resurrection, it's all about you coming back to life, and today, you're alive and you're with me. I receive you. I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. 
Hey friends, as always, we have questions for you, discussion questions that you can journal and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you personally, or maybe even discuss in your small groups. Totally. And if you aren't a part of a watch party, a small group right now, sign up today at wilkerson.network. So right in the right top right hand corner there, just click on that and sign up. It's just that easy. Let's go to question one. What are any myths? that you've maybe believed about God that you are now realizing are not true. Question number two, what does it mean to you that God didn't come to make you good, but instead truly alive? How can you make a habit of remembering that, especially when needing to give grace to yourself and others? Ooh, that's a good one. (laughs) I'm gonna have to think about that one. Question three. Are there areas of your life that you would love to see more of God's power in? What is keeping you from pursuing His power in those areas? And question number four, we got four today. Is there something in your life that you feel like God had for you, but is now too late? What does the Lord and His Word say about that? And that's so that's good. good. Four questions because it's Easter. It is special. Easter, resurrection, moving tombstones. I love it. Dead bones alive. Let's go. In Jesus' name. Hey, friends, because so many of you have asked, we finally have a way for you to give toward this ministry and get a tax deductible credit. So, right now, you can go to wilkerson.network and click on give, or just check out the information at the bottom of the screen and you can give today. Make sure that you continue to submit. Submit your prayer requests. We have a whole prayer team that's praying all week long. We want to pray with you. And if you said yes to Jesus today, make sure you fill out that prayer request as well. Mm -hmm. We want to contact you. We want to do life together. It's not meant to do alone. We love you. We thank God for you. And happy Easter. Happy Easter.